0: Welcome to the CJW Sports Show podcast. The World Series is here. So Jamie Bentons of the Manitoba Junior Baseball League stops by to preview the action and give his pick to win it all. Also, Valor FC season, its first season has come and gone. We'll talk to members of the team about how they felt it went, what has to get better for next year on the podcast. So here we are, Jamie. The World Series is upon us uh, the NLCS was quick, uh, but uh, that Houston Yankees series, we were kind of waiting for six months for it to happen. We all thought it would happen. and finally did. Did it live up to your expectations? Uh, I, I'm not sure if it did. Uh, you know, I I expected a little bit more out of the bullpens and have
1: tighter games. Um, you know, Houston kind of put the Yankees to sleep, with the exception of you know maybe one bad pitch to. To the, to the Yankees, you know, taking um, Verlander deep there and, and winning that one to kind of send it back to Houston. If it wasn't for that, um, you know, we'd probably be talking about, you know, two very quick series and uh, a little bit more of a heavyweight battle for the world title.
0: But ha- having said that, it did end in a walk-off in Game 6.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that is historic must-see TV. Um, you know, everybody sees the photo of... Altuve standing next to Aaron Judge, you know, at second base and just the, the size difference and everything else like there. So, you know, a bit of a David versus Goliath there, um, especially with her all this Chapman, you know, throwing, you know, in the high 90s, uh, low 100s. Um, you know, the pitch that he hit was registered at about 88. So it tells me he sent him something off speed and he was looking for the right pitch at the right time. And, and that's just the magical uh, thing about baseball.
0: So we're left with the Astros, the biggest favorites to win since the 07 Red Sox, who swept the Rockies. And if there's a similarity between those two series, it's how the National League team got there, and that is having a long layoff after a sweep. And this is the ninth time a team has swept their way through the LCS. Only once previously did that team go on to win the World Series. We'll have the rust versus rest thing now. Is it possible that Washington's had too long a layoff here?
1: I think it's a very, very definite possibility that they are hyper aware of, and there is absolutely nothing you can do to give yourself the same type. You can play inner squad, you can bring in minor league guys to pitch to your players, you can do all those things, but nothing can replicate. A sold-out crowd on the road in Houston or at home when you've never made it to the World Series before. So that is a very distinct possibility and one that Washington has to figure out a way to to get on the board early against arguably the the best pitcher in the game at this moment.
0: So the headline of this series is obviously starting pitching. You got five of the top ten pitchers in terms of strikeouts in the league, which is you know n- that never happens in a in a World Series. You've got Scherzer Cole tonight. You've got Verlander Strasburg tomorrow night. Would you rather see pitcher's duels or home run derbies here? You know what? I, I
1: think as much as people like during the regular season, the long ball and just seeing you know things blasted out of the park... I think that's the real draw about playoff baseball is the intensity. And that's only ratcheted up when you have starting pitching. So, you know, I'm a I'm obviously as a former pitcher, a huge fan of the pitching. And I love watching these guys absolutely dial in. But I think the, the general fan loves it as well when they see a guy who's flirting with a no-hitter or he's only scattered two or three hits and the teams are just... You know, chomping at the bit but can't get anything happening. And that's where it becomes must-see TV in the end because once that starter has been weighted out or gets to a pitch count, uh, then it's kind of all hands on deck, and you just never know what can happen when the bullpen takes over.
0: Part of this is because of the nature of how baseball is played today, the kind of boom or bust strikeouts are up anyway. But we could end up seeing a record for strikeouts in a series here with the way that these pitchers mow batters down.
1: Yeah, I I think so. Um, You know, it it also lends support to some of the guys that have some veteran status in the league, like the Zimmermans and and players like that. And Howie Kendrick, who's, you know, just a phenomenal, you know, 300 plus hitter. I actually like the chances and or give Washington a little bit of an, an edge there simply because those guys have been around and they know how to put the ball in play. Anthony Randone, third baseman with Washington is this is a similar type guy who can just spray to all fields based on that. And, you know, the kind of hit or miss mentality of guys like Springer and Correa and whatnot on the Astros. And, you know, they do have Altuve and a few other guys, but even Yordano um, playing first base or anything like that. I, I think Houston has that ability to maybe rack up the K's, whereas Washington might be able to put the ball in play against some of these tougher pitchers, which would bode well for them as they move forward.
0: Yeah, we think of Houston, you know, getting a pair of walk-off homers in that series, but the reality was with runners on base, they were pretty bad against the Yankees. And I'm just wondering if this matters at all. But the fact that Garrett Cole and Zach Granke spent most of their careers to this point in the National League, and the Nationals would have obviously faced them a lot more, does that give them any kind of advantage?
1: I think it has to. I mean, anytime you have more intel than you would, um, there's there has to be some sort of advantage because there's more opportunities to find out what a tell is, or you know, know when tendencies are reached. That that being said. You know, the Astros have access to the same level of information, so they may try to work backwards into this. And, you know, when you game plan for an opponent, you can maybe start the first time or first two times through the order. You'll start them with more breaking pitches and then completely flip the script and go to fastballs halfway through the game if the starter goes out long, or you go the other way around. So there's 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 some ways to look at that and say that it's a bit of a toss-up, but but I, I have to think at some point a lot of those guys have seen some of those guys and they're going to say, yeah, that we can go get them.
0: Now speaking of Cole, he is nineteen and zero in his last twenty five starts. You can't touch him. He's amazing right now. So what makes him so dang good?
1: You know what? Ninety nine miles an hour um, with an uh, with the same arm slot for his off speed pitches. So to the hitter, you know, right up into the point that the ball is released, everything is the same, and, and you have fractions of a second. I believe it's almost you know down to about 0.8 uh tenths of a second to actually react to where you think the ball is and you're looking for a circle spin for an off-speed pitch or you're just looking for a repeat of the seams to get a fastball and if you don't have that ability to pick up maybe the hand being at 12 o'clock or one o'clock as some pitchers kind of have a bit of a tell i think that's where his true advantage is is that you know, the ball comes out of the same area and then it just does, it can go in any different direction for you, which I, I, I can tell you I loved being able to kind of do that as a pitcher. And uh, I wasn't a good hitter, but anybody who could do that to me made, made fit for me too.
0: You look at the way these pitching matchups are lined up, we might actually get some games under three hours here.
1: <laughs> Absolutely, I don't know if the owners of the beer vendors would like that, but um, I, I think what you're going to get is just dynamite games going back and forth, and you're going to get absolute fierce competitors out there. I mean, sure, there's going to be fist pumping. Strasburg's a little bit of a quieter guy. Verlander's another guy who you know really likes to kind of you know ratchet up the emotion, and I think it's going to be very interesting. You're going to see a lot of uh, a lot of theatrics to a certain degree, but you're just going to see some good old fashioned baseball as well.
0: Now, before I get to your pick, I just want to talk about the Nats bullpen quickly because it was just historically bad in the regular season. They've really cut down the number of men they even use. It's basically Daniel Hudson, the closer, Sean Doolittle sets up, and now they have a little bit more faith in Tanner Rainey. But other than that, they're using starters out of the pen. What do you think of the job Dave Martinez has done with the bullpen here in the playoffs?
1: Smoke and mirrors. That's how I would kind of uh, describe you know what they've done to date, but it's worked. Um, you know it, the nationals, in my opinion, were one pitch away against Milwaukee from not even being in this position so it's 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 tough to say um but to get through l a and and then to get through St Louis, you have to be doing something right and you know, sometimes you can't overlook when a team bands together and, and just, you know, everybody has their roles and you hear it in other sports as well. You know, every, every guy just knew his role and just played within that role to perfection. And that might be what you're seeing here. So you can look back to Daniel Hudson and you can look to these guys with, you know, spotty track records and Doolittle little and, and the like, and say, you know, chances are in the regular season, I'm not relying on that guy even for a fantasy team, but you know, in the playoffs, uh, you know, if they called in to just do one thing, get one batter, um, it looks like they're they're living up to the task at this point.
0: Sounds like you're giving Washington a pretty good shot, but are you going to pick them to win the World Series?
1: My heart wants to because I want to see a guy like Scherzer get there. Uh, Houston's had their due, and, and, you know, just to keep uh, the romanticism with the Expos franchise alive, uh, I I think I will go with my heart on this one mainly because I want to see that, but I I went against them against LA and they surprised me. So they've made me a little bit more of a believer in in what they've got building there. I really like Howie Kendrick. I like Rendon and I like Zimmerman and they have a ton of speed in the outfield that can track down those balls that the Houston players have the ability to spray all over the place. So uh, I'm going to call it and I'm going to say Washington and I'm going to say in about six games.
0: All right, well, I look forward to the series. It's going to be great, Jamie, and appreciate your time tonight. As always, take care. Winnipegger Dylan Carrero scored a pair of goals in 23 appearances, including the game-winner in Valor's very first victory at Pacific FC in May. Here's our chat after the season wrapped up, starting with how he thought the season went.
2: On a personal level, I think uh, I'm happy to be back in a professional environment. Uh, I went through uh, a... a, a a very hard injury last year with an ACL, so I'm happy to be able to get back into it and uh, and push forward into my career um, as an individual, I was happy, uh, as a team. Uh, not what we expected, but uh, it's the first year of a league, and uh, it's a great setup for the league, and we hope uh, the following next year or so we can improve and get better. What
0: were some of the highlights of the season for you?
2: Uh, I think the first, first game of the season away from home, getting our first win. Um, and uh, this, the second thing was uh, our home opener, seeing the the fans, the support that we have in
0: this uh, city. It's It was quality to to be able to witness that. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, that was like 15,000. I think your final game was about 4,000. It was a lot colder then and mm-hmm. at the end of the season. So what can you do next season as a team to get more butts in the seats and win some more games?
2: Well, first off, win. I think uh, we win the more fans will be interested in. Uh, and want to come and see uh, how good of a football team we, we are. Um, secondly, just go out into the community and, uh, and help and try to make, a, make a, a name for Valor and bring a lot of supporters to come and be interested in it.
0: How is it for you being part of Winnipeg's team?
2: Yeah, it means a lot to me. Uh, born, being born here, living here for 15 years of my life, uh, it means a lot. Uh, seeing seeing the fans outside the outside the stadium wearing Valor gear, it 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 shows something, and it it's 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 special to me in my heart. And it's special. I think it's going to be special not only here but all over Canada because I've always said it from day one. It's going to give uh, youth a lot of opportunities when they grow older and be part of a, a, a an own Canadian league. So yeah, it's it's special to me for sure.
0: So looking at this as the first year of an expansion league, what are some of the hurdles you think that need to be cleaned up from a league standpoint next year, if there are any?
2: Um, You know, I think the biggest thing is the travel. The travel was difficult for, for not only ourselves, but a lot of teams and playing Wednesday, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday, and then having a 10-day break, I think uh, just the schedule change and just the travel and, uh, on where they, they, they put each team, maybe to try and help them by keeping them in the east a little bit and bringing them to the west after, I think that will help massively uh, for the performance-wise. But, yeah, the, I think the overall it was a success, successful year for the league to start up, and uh, I think it was, it's only going to get better.
0: Now, how does Valor get on the level with Forge and Cavalry?
2: Just buying into what 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 the club wants, and uh, just keeping a big uh, a core for next season, and and uh, bringing some some valuable players to come in the club. Like like I said, Forge and Calgary have had the op- Calvary have had the opportunities to uh, to build from their their old clubs, such as Foothills and Sigma. So they've already had their philosophy together. A lot of players have played together, and I think that's the biggest thing is being being um, being able to, to learn the philosophy and being able to have a good core that plays, that's played together for over a year and understand uh, what the club wants and how to play to get performances.
0: How much, for those who may not know, is that a big leg up compared to what you guys pretty much had to build it from scratch?
2: It's, it's massive. I think that the coaches could tell you more because... Uh, they're trying to build a philosophy of the club, and some players buy in, some players don't buy in, and uh, that's the thing with with those two clubs where they they've been part of the youth system at Sigma and Foothills, and they've just been able to grow and grow and understand the way Tommy and Bobby want to want to play, and I think it helps massively. I think it's a big uh, big big step for them.
0: Winnipegger Marco Bustos led Valor FC in scoring the season with seven goals in twenty five CPL games. Twenty-two-year-old talked to me yesterday and started by telling me how he thought his first CPL season went.
3: I feel like as a as a team we didn't exceed the expectations we had of ours of ourselves from the beginning. Uh, you know we ended up where we didn't want to end up, but that's sports. That's part of being an athlete. And personally, I think uh, I think it was the best thing for me to come here and play under uh, coaching staff that believes in me. Uh, play under the fans. You know cheering for us and and uh, coming here and playing the most minutes out of all the guys you know I didn't know I could play all these games without you know getting an injury so it was pretty that was a goal for myself you know play as many games as I could in a row and I ended up playing all the games that I was available for and uh, you know I think I did the best I could to contribute to the team but I'm still young I'm still growing and uh, there's better there's a better, uh, better part of me still to come out.
0: So you mentioned injuries. That was a big problem for most of your team this year. How did, were you able to avoid the injury bug?
3: Yeah, you know, uh, kind of got lucky. You know, some injuries are a bit unlucky. But um, just naturally, I think I'm, I'm a pretty healthy guy. I try to, you know, keep my body in top shape. Uh, I eat really healthy. But, uh, you know, that's probably a percentage of why I didn't get injured. But you know it's you never know you, you never know when you can get injured. I guess I just got lucky. But uh don't wish injuries upon anyone and hopefully I keep that streak going.
0: What was it like going across the country and just playing soccer for a living?
3: Yeah, it was cool, you know. Uh we never had this growing up and having this professional league and being part of it for the first year was something special for sure. You know, going from coast to coast uh you know um, multiple times, you know, going to a city and, you know, I really liked going to Halifax. I didn't like how long the travel was, but it's a beautiful city. I'd never been before. Um, and just going to different places where you have family and they come watch your away games, it was it was a cool experience for sure.
0: What needs to improve for this team going through the offseason into next year?
3: Yeah, I think uh, whoever comes in, I think we just have to have to come in with the mentality to win. I think uh, the coaching staff here will bring in, bring in players that that have the will to win and guys with experience that have won before. And um, you know, I think it's just it's more of a mentality thing because everyone here can play soccer, but um, you know, not everyone has the mentality. So I think that'll be a that'll be a huge, a huge asset to this team next season.
0: And finally, what are you going to work on this off season?
3: Oh, like I do every off-season, I like to go to the gym a lot. So I'll try and get stronger, try and get faster, and uh, go from there.
0: Michael Petrasso made a big impact in his debut season in Winnipeg, scoring six goals in 18 CPL games. Spent time with Montreal of the MLS last year. He told me how he thought his first season went. I think it, it went pretty well.
4: Uh, you know, I haven't played uh, this many minutes in a long time in my career, and obviously I had a couple of injuries, but even throughout my injuries I battled back and... You know, I got a couple of goals and a couple of assists, and I felt like I really helped this team. Uh, you know, uh, throughout the season. So on a personal, I'm happy with that, uh, but there's always room to improve, and I'm hoping next season I can, uh, you know, remain uh, more healthy and get more minutes, and obviously produce uh, some more quality. So that's uh, that's how I look at it right now. Did you have fun? Uh, yeah, I actually did. I had uh, a lot of fun. Uh, you know, I think the season was run really well, uh, starting from obviously the top, like the CPL in general, and obviously the Valor Club. You know, the games were exciting and. You know, uh, especially in Winnipeg, we had a great amount of fans and, you know, obviously I, I honestly coming into it, I didn't expect it and uh, I love playing at home here and uh, so, uh, you know, it's been good and I think, uh, you know, a lot of games were exciting to watch. Uh, one soccer ran it really well, even watching other games on the, the site. So it's been a good first year in the CBO. You think the country as a whole is receiving the league well? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, you can see, uh, especially Calgary, you know, they made a really good impact of uh, beating... Uh, one of the MLS teams and, uh, you know, just kind of shown that there's some really good players in this league that, you know, they even deserve a chance to even move up uh, to better uh, better levels at the moment. So I'm hoping that, uh, you know, uh, this league continues to grow and we produce a lot of players that I've never even heard about before and they come out and they made a statement in this league and now, you know, their careers uh, have uh, so much opportunity to grow.
0: What does this team need to do better
1: next year?
4: Uh, you know, I think uh, there should be a lot of, uh, like, changes throughout the, the team in general, just on, on players, um, I think uh, you know we have a, quite a good few uh, talented players in this team that really were the core of the team. And I think uh, t- you know to compete in the level of Calgary and Hamilton after the way they produced this season, uh, you know you need to have a, a good bunch of players that can produce day in day out. And uh, starting with uh, you know our backline, you know we're a bit unorganized and we conceded a lot of goals this season, and in both seasons, fall and spring. And I think. Uh, defensively is the most important part of a soccer game, if you can keep the game at 0-0. That's why you have uh, productive players up front that can finish off the game. And I think that's where it starts from, you know, a limited amount of the goals and you never know where we could have been this season. But I think that's a start and then moving forward, you know, the great coaching staff and, uh, you know, great community and great uh, environment here for a lot of players to come in and improve and I think that's where they should begin. you want to be back? Uh, I don't know where my future is at the moment. Uh, I was very happy with uh, here, you know, I, to be honest, uh, Winnipeg's a uh, quite a small city but i enjoyed it a lot and you know i felt like home and uh the fans here they really liked me and you know they supported me and uh the club in general and the coaching the coaching staff had a lot of belief in me so uh i don't know really know where i'm going to go after this but uh you know i'm happy with my season how it's gone
0: tune in to the cgob sports show weeknights from seven to nine with me christian omel or you can download the podcast on itunes it's actually on itunes now wow if you got an Android, then I think you're out of luck. But Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?